and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon out on vacation. He'll be back next week. Something that our next guest is uh, very familiar with, Gordon's vacationing patterns. Uh, Out to The Zone phone we go. Former co-host right here on The Big Show. Uh, Made several uh, stints hosting sports radio here in Salt Lake City. He's currently the program director at WBAP. In Dallas, he's our good friend Kevin Graham. Hi, Kevin. Jakester, how the heck are you, my friend? I'm good. You know, I, I'm good. How are you? Good. Is this Jordan Gordon's already fifth, sixth week of vacation already, and then we're only in April? Or? Uh, well, I, I got to tell you, over the uh, the pandemic, Gordon's vacation pattern has been altered, and now that uh, oh, he's yeah, yeah, yeah now agree, that he's yeah. been jabbed a couple of times, he's he's getting out there. It's all good for him, you know. Been that kind of year, my friend. Uh, you know, everybody everybody deserves a vacation after what we've all gone through over the past year plus, no doubt. I think he could have picked uh, another date uh, that was not on the week my babies do, but you know, well, <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? Well, hey, congratulations on that, my friend. <laughs> yes. You know, that'll be good. I can't I can't wait to have another little little jakester running around or. Wait, is it a boy or girl yet? Did you figure that out yet or no? We don't know. We're going to be surprised. Oh, you're going to be surprised? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good luck, man. As long as he or she is healthy, that's all that matters. Absolutely. 100%. And, uh, you know, you have twins. We are not having twins. We do know that. And I am I am grateful. I don't think, you know, Kevin, because uh, your girls are amazing and they're off to college and they're doing incredible things. I don't know how you raised twins. I don't. Uh, it would have been just so hard. Yeah, it's just, it's you know, anybody that has twins, it's a blur. You just kind of, you kind of roll with it. You know, the, the early years are complete blur. Then it kind of gets easier because then they always have a playmate. So then, you know, they can kind of keep themselves occupied. So, you know, then it's like, oh, whatever, girls, go have a good time. And then, yeah, somehow they turned out all right, thank God. Uh, <laughs> it's their dad. I don't know how the heck that happened, hey, but it's all good. Don't sell yourself <laughs> short. You you take credit yep. for uh, the the success of your children. They're amazing. You you say Thank yeah, you. that's right. Thank Chip off the that. old block. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the, you, of course uh, we have a number of things we can talk about with you, Kevin. Yep. I know you you follow even though you're in the news world, you follow sports of course closely. You're a big sports fan, but you are also the most uh, long suffering Jets fan that I know. And since the Jets are relevant here in uh, mm-hmm. in Salt Lake, we thought we'd get you on to to see what kind of fit Zach Wilson would be for your Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I, first off, I think it's outstanding because, you know, now after all those years of being ridiculed by those of, you know, people that would listen and call in in Utah because, you know, as you know, I would share my emotions on my sleeve about my Jets. Um, and usually they were always negative. Um, you know, now you're going to be a part, you know, now whether you're a Zach Wilson fan or BYU fan, you, you will be following the Jets 
and I welcome you to my miserable world now. And it, it's just, it's going to be outstanding that everybody will be able to appreciate it. But um, I think the context is, is that how bad this franchise is. And, and one way to put it out there is that I, I read this the other day, Jake. Joe Namath, of course, is our all-time greatest quarterback in Jets history. Won the Super Bowl in Super Bowl three, you know, 1969. I wasn't born yet. And, uh, and he played the Jets until 1976, all right? So, so check this stat out that I read. When Zach Wilson goes under center, and he will start this year, obviously. I mean, he's the number two pick to take the quarterback. He's starting. When he goes under center, in the 45 years since Joe Namath left the Jets, he will be the 35th starting quarterback. Wow. So 45 years, <laughs> 35 different starting quarterbacks. No offense, and again, I, I pray to the football gods that Zach Wilson will finally cure the Jets' ills and, and we will, he will lead us to the promised land. But reality is no. He's going to quarterback hell, and he is going to survive, and we'll probably have you know, our 36th starter in a couple years. So that's that's my that's my concern, Kevin. Is the the Jets honestly, even if they did hire a competent general manager, what was that last year? And I know people are saying good things about him, and you know we'll see how this new head coach uh, turns out. But my my fear for Zach, Kev, is that the Jets have such a long way to go. He's not going to really get a fair bite of the apple. I mean, you look at Justin Herbert with the Chargers. The Chargers had a good team. They put him with yeah. with weapons and oh, yeah. and an opportunity to succeed my fear is is the jet jets have such a long way to go that he's not going to stand a chance look BYU's offensive line is better than the jets offensive line okay <laughs> i mean I, I would rather think literally if, if the jets would just draft BYU's offensive line we that would be better for zach wilson now last year the joe douglas's credit the general manager who seems competent seems like he knows what he's doing but then again i've seen that before you know, he did draft Beckton. This dude's like nine feet tall and weighs like 800 pounds. And if he can stay healthy, he's, he's going to be a really good left tackle. But that's it. I mean, other, other than that, it's patchwork. And so, you know, not only are they going to have to draft Zach Wilson, but they better draft a couple offensive linemen. And you're right. I mean, he's going to need help. And, and, you know, it's obviously one of the big things about Zach that everybody talks about is his great strength is his, you know, improv- you know, he can improvise, he can run around, he can make plays. Well, he's going to be doing a lot of that with the Jets because he ain't going to get a lot of protection. But the other problem with it, Jake, is, you know, and this is what, you know, one of the reasons Sam Darnold failed, there's no weapons. I mean, you know, the Jets are heralding, uh, they signed Corey Davis this past year, you know, wide receiver from Tennessee. He's like their number one wide receiver. You know, and he was a good wide receiver, but I don't think he's a number one. But, you know, if you look at Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, Keelan Cole, who they, I think they signed from Jacksonville, Denzel Sims, who was a second-round pick a year ago from Baylor, who has some promise, uh, but he was injured most of last year. I mean, he doesn't have any weapons to throw. We don't have a running back. We don't have a true starting running back at this point that he can hand the football to. So, you know, I mean, I, I love his confidence. I know he's a football nerd. That's why Joe Douglas loves him. That's why Robert Sala, the coach, loves him. That's why all us Jets fans seem to like him. But if you don't have any pieces around you, man, you are – you're in trouble. So, you know, somehow they're going to have to they're going to have to assemble. You know, they're going to have to uh, they have a lot of draft picks in uh, this year and next year, and they got to make them all work, or at least make you know strategic trades to trade up or trade down to get more picks or to go target players that they can help Zach Wilson uh, develop. You know, the, I think the only advantage Zach Wilson has over Darnold 
is that the coaching staff with Salah, the offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur, um, they're getting high grades, and everybody seems very encouraged, you know, with them. And LaFleur's offense, you know, bringing that kind of West Coast offense into play. Um, you know, when Darnold was drafted, you know, the Jets hired the worst head coach in the history of the football in Adam Gaze, you know, and so, you know, he didn't even have a coach. And, of course, again, be prepared for this, BYU fans, for the unexpected. You know, Darnold then also became the first NFL player in history that missed games because of mono. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, just, just be prepared for the unexpected. But to your point, he just doesn't have – he just doesn't have any players around him. And I just hope he can – I just hope he can learn and stay in one piece in his first season. Kev, I know you're there in the Lone Star State, but I also know you keep an eye on uh, the Salt Lake sports team, uh, the scene. And I know you know Kalani Satake and Coach Roderick and uh, have some history with those guys. You know, with that in mind, what are, what are your thoughts on the meteoric rise of Zach Wilson and his career trajectory? I mean, I think he got healthy you know, last year, wasn't it? I mean, he had, yeah. a, he had the issues a couple years ago. Um, you know, I watched the majority of BYU games this past year. It's kind of fun to follow them uh, you know, from afar, and obviously they had a great season. Um, you know, and he, he was on it, you know, he, he, you know, he had the, the coaching staff, I, man, I commend the coaching staff, you know, for what they were able to do. I commend Zach Wilson on the work he put in, you know, reading the stories of, you know, driving, you know, during, during the COVID time to, to, to work with John Beck. And I mean, you know, he, he's just, he's studious. I mean, I, he just got, he has all the credentials to be a great NFL quarterback. Um, you know, I guess the downfall is, is, you know, and people hate to hear that in Salt Lake, but, you know, and, and, and again, I credit even Tom Olmo for, for putting a schedule together, but, you know, it wasn't the greatest schedule. They didn't play, you know, a ton of high-profile teams, obviously. Um, you know, the Coastal Carolina game being, being the one loss. But, um, you know, overall, you know, I, you, how, what can you say about the kid? I mean, he had an outstanding season. He did everything he was supposed to do. And, you know, credit to the coaching staff, him and the program, to put himself in a position that, you know, he's going to be the number two overall pick tomorrow night. It's just sad he's going to be picked by by Jets, but he's at least going to be the number two overall pick. Uh, Kevin, I, I, I want to, uh, you know, talk about some other things with you. I want to stick with college football, though. And now that, uh, you know, give us a little bit of an a- outsider's perspective on the Pac-12 as it currently stands as a football conference. You know, we see all the stories out there expanding the playoff. And, uh, you know, the Pac-12 is looking for a new commissioner, and it's a little bit in disarray. But is is the Pac-12 laughed at by the rest yeah. of the country as much as it kind of seems? Yeah, yeah. In Texas, it doesn't exist. I mean, you know, I mean, it's. It's all about the SEC, you know, with Texas A&M and the SEC, and it's all about the Big 12, you know, with TCU and Texas, obviously, in the Big 12. So um, the Pac-12, you know, and this is the way it's always been. You know, all those years I would go to Salt Lake and then leave and end up, you know, in the East or whatever. I mean, people just don't respect the Pac-12, and usually I would try to defend it, but you really can't defend that conference over the past few years. I mean, it's been a cluster. Uh, Finally, they made the right move in in getting the, the commissioner out of there, but but it's really up to the individual programs to start, you know, assembling some high-profile nationally, you know, teams, teams that can compete nationally, and that just hasn't happened. So it's really hard to give the Pac-12 any respect when, you know, they're not out there consistently winning the big games. Now, granted, this past year was stunted because of COVID, but, but you know, again, you know, I mean, but, you know, it, that even helped the Pac-12 because here are all the schools in the South are playing football, and the Pac-12 are – you know, I don't know what they were doing. They're playing, you know, yeah, we're going to play. No, we're not going to play. Then they're going to play, and they played, what, five or six games. So, um, yeah, they, there's, not a, there's not a ton of respect for the Pac-12. And, 
and quite frankly, they observe it right now, and it'll take a franchise or take a, a program, whether it's Utah or whether it's USC again or someone, to step up and actually beat some of these teams uh, that they just haven't been able to beat the last few years. Kevin, are you, are you a fan of uh, the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I'm sorry, what was that again? Are you a fan of uh, the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I've got an analogy for you. I want to talk to you about the oh, college yeah, yeah. football yeah, playoff. Definitely. I haven't right. seen every episode, but every time I stumble upon it, I laugh a there, lot. There's this one episode where uh, Dee gets a cat stuck in her wall. And, uh, and and Charlie comes over to help her get the cat out of the wall, and, and Charlie comes up with any number of solutions, but they all involve putting more cats into the wall. So she ends up, you know, long story short, she ends up with like 20 cats in her wall when she started off with one. So you're, you're, a, you're a smart guy, and, and ever since I've known you, which is a long time now, you've always had all of the answers. And, uh, you know, I see Stuart Mandel reports today in The Athletic that uh, the college football is headed for a double-digit team playoff, maybe 12, maybe 16-team playoff in college football. And I would love to get to the point where we stop talking about putting more cats in the wall. So what number, what number do we have to get to where people will just be satisfied with it and, and stop meddling? Do we have to go to, to 40 cats, 60 cats? In college basketball, we're still talking about going to like 120 cats. So how many cats need to be in the wall until we decide that this, this is enough cats for the foreseeable future? That's a great question. Um, and I, I've always been a proponent, and as you know me, I'm kind of a, I, I, you know, I came from central Michigan, loved my Chippewas. I, I, I love the underdog. I, I think whatever amount of teams it takes to make sure every conference winner, that includes the big five and the, and the other five, you know, and then, you know, what is that? I don't know. I can't, even, I can't even count off the top of my head. I'm driving at the moment, so I can't count how many conferences that is. But whatever amount of teams that is, then add add some uh, add some you know at wills or at large that for BYU can come and play with an independent and all that and there there's your tournament and then seed them up and let them play that way the little guy has a shot let's face it in football you know they may win one you're not going to get the little guy on a consistent base ever probably winning a national title but do that that includes everybody everybody gets a piece of the pie everybody gets money everybody's happy. And then we could just leave it alone and move on and not have to talk about this anymore. <laughs> that's just, that's all I want. I just want to get to that point where we're we're just going. You know what? This is good. We're good for a decade or two. Like we can stop arguing about this. Uh, cats in the wall. All right. I, I do want to. Uh, I did, what's that, Kevin? No I said no one can complain then because then everybody gets a chance. But the problem is, as you know, the Big Five control everything, yeah. and they don't want to give up the piece the pieces to anybody else. And so. You know, in the end, it'll still tick people off. It always does. You know, it just, it's just the world. Who knows what's going to happen in college football? Everybody's going to start getting paid, everything going on post-COVID. I mean, programs are in trouble financially. I mean, it's, it, it's you know, we could talk about this, but I think there's some bigger problems that think college football is going to be facing. Yeah, I think you're right. I want to ask you about the Jazz. While we have you, uh, Kev, you're down there in Mavs country, of course, but uh, the Jazz are having their best season in – a couple of decades. I know that the last couple of games haven't gone their way, and they have some injury issues. But give us your your take on the Jazz, and if you think they're uh, legitimate contenders. Uh, you know, obviously, you guys fall in closer than I do. I can only see them when they come out on national TV or whatnot. But I'm impressed. I mean, I think they have some stars finally. I think Mitchell's a star in the making. Gobert. I'm impressed. I'm impressed with how they assemble the team. I'm impressed with the coaching. I think injuries, as you just mentioned, are the issues that they're struggling right now. 
I think I read what Conley's going to be out now too, in addition to uh, Mitchell yeah. being out. Yep. Um, I think you know if, if Mitchell's coming back May first, that's still true. That gives them nine games to try to get back together. And, and you know, to me, Jake, that's what it is. I mean, you got to get healthy and you got to be playing your best basketball as you head into the second season. You know, and I think it's great right now. I know they're just clinging to the one seed basically. Um, you know, I, I think they have an advantage finally. They can go in and have home court at least in the first round for sure. Probably the second round as well. Um, and then, to me, then it's all happening. You know how these playoffs go, man. It's, it's all right. Getting in, who you're matching up with. Uh, it's coaching. It's adjustments. Uh, you know, it's a mental game. You know, you, you know, is a player going to break down and cry in the middle of a playoff season like we saw with Karolinko several years ago? I mean, you've got, you got so many wild cards that come into play once you get in the playoffs. My only concern with the Jazz and that this isn't the year is the fact that they don't have that experience of battling it deep into the playoffs. So I think, was it the last two years, I believe they've been bounced out of the first round, and last year was kind of weird because of COVID. But, but that's what they don't have, which means they don't have that experience. So when they get to the second or third round and they have to be matched up with the Clippers or the Lakers or whoever, and they are they are they battle tested at that point because they haven't really been in that spot with this team that they have assembled. So that's what I want to see. They may be a year away. I mean, they may be one year away before we can say they're to me full blown can win a title. But I I can't I can't really criticize with the way the way they've assembled that team, the way they put it together. I, I I hope for Jazz fans' sake. You know, I've always said this, even though I've been critical of the Jazz and everything else that, you know in the past. You know, if any fan base deserves a title, it's the Jazz fan base because they're loyal, they're there. Um, I do think they're on the right track. I really do. But I just don't know if they're battle-tested yet to, to win a, win a big-time playoff series deep in the playoffs. Kev, last thing before we let you go, and I'm going to blindside you with a, a non-sports-related radio question, and uh, maybe I'm sure. the only one who finds this interesting. But two-part, what's it been like for you going from programming sports stations to programming a news station? And what's it like programming a news station in today's hyper-partisan world? Uh, it's, um, let's see, as I joke with people, I turn in, uh, I turn in the toy store, which is sports for covering, you know, death, destruction, pandemics and politics. So, um, it's a little more intense, uh, you know, sports fans, as you know, can be crazy and be really passionate about their teams, but in the end, it's usually just sports. Well, in, in the talk format and news world, man, it's, it's, it's personal, as you know, you know, you get debates with people about politics or whatever you should just, and, uh, and that's what uh, I deal with on a on a day to day basis. But but I will say it's rewarding, because you know you know especially when you're covering like major weather stories and you got you know big news stories that are happening. You know people rely on you for their information. Um, you, you do a lot for the, you know, we do a lot for the community. So I, I do I do enjoy that end of it. Um, but it, it's definitely a lot more tense. Now I will say this: since Trump went out of office, and again I don't care about anybody's politics. Heck, I'm independent. Uh, and Biden has taken over. Things have calmed down a lot. I will say that. Um, you know, let's say Biden. We went from one of the more uh, aggressive, you know, you know, creating topics every single day, like ten topics a day, to a president that creates like zero topics a week. So it's been a little quieter. I will say that. But uh, sports probably a little more fun. But but I do I do find a, a lot of um, gratification in, in what we do. You know, in the news talk format as well. I lied. I have one more thing for you. I remember. Uh, I will remember. Oh, we tease Austin for having bad luck, and he does. But but you also uh, tend to have some bad luck. And I remember when you moved back to Salt Lake from Phoenix, and we had one of the worst winters on record. 
uh, just because Kevin moved back, and he was so soft. I mean, he was just Phoenix just made him into a just a soft human when it came to weather. Then you go to, uh, what, Massachusetts, Kevin, where it's rough out there, but now you've been in Texas for a few years. Uh, have you? Um, what would happen if you came back here during the winter? Uh, well, I mean, if you remember, at least, at least in Salt Lake, everyone knows how to handle the winter. Like in Texas, you know, it was it a month or two ago. Oh, yeah. We had the Arctic storm yeah. that hit Texas. And we literally, as a state of Texas, and that's a big state, we were five minutes away from the entire state going to a blackout. So I will, I will say, yes, we don't get winter often, but when we do, yeah, we, we don't really know how to handle it in Texas. And so I, I do miss the ability that at least it snows and it's cold in Salt Lake that, you know, you can, you can have power for the most part and still get around where in Texas, man, it, it just shuts down. So, but, but it is warmer in Texas. I will say that, you know, we do get a lot more warm days than we do cold days. So I am, I am pleased about the weather in that regard, but. I, I'm but embarrassed. Yeah. I, I should not have made that joke because uh, what you're talking about a couple months ago, that was terrible. People, yeah. people now, had a tough time. Now, that was I'm awful. Lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. That week that happened, I was actually at the beach. And so I missed all that week, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, I made it back. Okay. <laughs> so, so you are lucky after all. That's not bad. You, you, one time in my life, you, my friend. One you time Ted, in my life. <laughs> you Ted Cruz that thing, man. You were, you were good to go. I know. I, but here's the problem. I wasn't lucky because I had to work the entire week because, you know, everybody it was yeah. crazy and I had, to, I had to help, you know. So, yeah. So, anyways. But at least I was working from the beach, so that was, that was a positive. Absolutely. Well, hey, Kevin, we miss you around here, buddy. Thank you very much for, for jumping on with us. And I know you love the NFL draft, so so enjoy it. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, if, if Zach welcome. plays like he did at BYU, you'll have a good one there in New York. Uh, I hope so. Can I help Can I help BYU Zach Wilson fans real quick? Can, can, yes. Are you ready yes, for this, please. Uh-huh. Okay, I know you probably have a clock, and I know I'm, you know, whatever. It's all, all right. right. Uh, I want to help, help all those fans with the Jets chant because it's really complicated, okay? So what you first do is you spell the word Jets. So if you don't know how to spell it, Google it. So it, so you start, you take Manasseh, maybe you can help me here. You start, you go J-E-T-S. All right, that's how you start that's the it. Okay. And then the triple part is to put those words together as Jets, and then you got to say it three times in a row. So then it's Jets, Jets, Jets. So here we go, everybody. Ready? All right. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. There you go. Pretty simple. There you go. I just wanted to help BYU fans out and Zach Wilson fans on how the Jets chant will go. And by the way, we say it whenever something good happens, because only about one or two good things happen a game. So there you go. <laughs> and by the way, you make that you you mentioned clocks. Do you forget who the normal co-host on this show is? I mean, clocks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. You're the best, buddy. You're the best, man. Great miss you, brother. Good luck with the uh, birth of your child. Thanks, Kevo. Means a lot. Uh, our friend Kevin Graham, um, who's uh, down in Dallas, he's the program director of News Station, big-time Jets fan, um, longtime sports voice here in this market, and and truly we we uh, we always liked to tease Kevin when he was here. But one of the uh, one of the great minds in radio and uh, uh, terrific, terrific human being. So big thanks to Kevin for jumping on with us. And yeah, I, you know uh, BYU fans and Kevin Graham are going to have something to identify over. Yuck! Which seems. Seems strange. What world is this? Seems strange. I hadn't really thought about that. If I were a BYU fan, I 100% would not be rooting for Zach Wilson to go number two because then you'd kind of have to cheer for the Jets. And you got to like Kevin Graham. 
And you, you've got to, yeah. Or at least have a common interest. You're going to be on social media with Kevin every Sunday. <laughs> Think about that. Think about that for a second. That's a pocket of sunshine. And his Chad Pennington jersey. <laughs> Pulling for the Jets uh. to get their second win of the season. All right. <laughs> Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is it. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our good friend, Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, let's help our listeners out there. Maybe some guys have heard you on the air for a while and thought, oh, I don't know. Well, listen, your life can be better in a very short period of time. Yeah. The average guy with ED going for our treatments is done in two and a half to three weeks. That is really a short window so let's call it, let's just call it mid-April, uh, mid-May, late May. You'd be done with these treatments, get rid of the pills, and definitely noticing more blood flow where you want it, when you want it. Our acoustic wave therapy, we've got the two types backed by so many studies, um, 40 clinical studies, in fact. And one recently said that this is proven to rehabilitate erectile tissue. And they specifically mentioned our technology. So cool. Um, Excellent track record. It's been tested so thoroughly. If you're out there frustrated in the bedroom, you've probably got a blood flow issue, and it's probably damaged or hardened blood vessels. We're going to repair that with our wave therapy and pretty easily and pretty quickly. Uh, So long and short of it, get back to normal, right? Get back to get the spontaneity back, the spark. Yes. We had a guy in his 60s. He came in. He didn't have severe or mild, maybe right in the middle kind of erectile dysfunction. He got back to function, in his words, like when he was 40. So turn back the clock. It didn't make him 18 years old again, but he got done what he wanted to get done. He was so happy. He eliminated the pill completely. That's the type of thing we see in here every week. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. We mentioned that guy who might be on the fence out there. Now is the perfect time to take advantage of it. You're making it super easy. Yeah, we are. You'll come in and meet with our doctor. Uh, he'll do an assessment and screening. That ensures you're a good candidate. That's free. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound free. Uh, we have $300 off, by the way, right now also. And you still get the special gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. I don't think I've seen it fail. Uh, a lot of value. Give us a call. It's no charge. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you, Jake. All right. We'll have more big show coming up next. Stay tuned. Uh, we have some actually breaking college uh, sports news we'll get to straight ahead. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update, presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. bell. All right, bottom of the hour jazz update brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. Jazz coming off back-to-back losses to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, They're back at it tonight, taking on Sacramento. But George Niang today gives his reaction to the two losses. 
Uh, we got to be better. You know, we got to do things at a higher level and be better at those things. And I think, you know, we've addressed those going forward. And, you know, we're excited for the opportunity to break that two-game losing streak against the Kings. Obviously, you can't sit and dwell in the NBA. You got to have amnesia. You lose a game, shoot, we got to go out there and get the next one. And then you lose two in a row. It's like, all right, now we really got to turn up our sense of urgency to, you know, really stop this losing streak. So we've addressed things internally, you know, of how we're going to do things and continue to step up and grow as a team but nobody's here hitting the panic button it was two games and you know we're looking to improve going forward tonight the jazz take on the sacramento kings and they will do so shorthanded of course uh, they will still be without donovan mitchell who's rehabbing his sprained ankle but mike conley will also miss the game tonight he re-aggravated a right hamstring injury that caused him to miss a couple of weeks back in february tonight's game against the kings will tip off a little after eight o'clock pre-game coverage begins at seven This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Every day on The Big Show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for a little What's Going On here on the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Gordon's vacation continues on. We'll get to uh, a clip from DJ and PK in a moment, but we do have some breaking college sports news. I'll read right from the report here. The Division I Board of Directors ratified the adoption of legislation expanding the one-time transfer exception to all student-athletes, no matter what sport they play. The Division I Council adopted the legislation, which allows all student-athletes who have not transferred in the past the opportunity to compete. Uh, compete immediately after transfer once in their period of eligibility. The rule is now effective and applies to all student-athletes who want to transfer for the first time for the 21-22 academic year. If a student has previously transferred, the waiver process is available. It's officially official, officially official, official, officially official. The transfer rule is here. I hate amateurism. Pay those college athletes. Yeah, I don't like it, but... You know, it is what it is. They're about to get paid. Well, that's that's proceeding too. The name, image, and likeness uh, thing. I believe South no, Carolina. No, I, I mean was they're the about latest. to get paid. Oh, yeah, under the table. Yeah, you know, another chance to get paid. Yeah, that's true. That's going to happen. Yeah, they're going to. I'm telling you, they're going to have to get rid of handshake lines now. They can't do that anymore. I think this is them openly admitting they are fine with the handshake lines. They're just giving it's up. Just the FBI doesn't like it. The battle is over. <laughs> So now the uh, opposing coach in the handshake line can go, I got a Corvette with your name on it. Good game. Here's a trust fund. There you go. 
All right. So there you go. Uh, there's the news from College Sports. Let's get to what's going on. Let's talk a little NFL Draft. Let's check in with DJ and PK. They chatted with Luke Easterling of NFL Draft Wire. So as the countdown clock ticks down, we get closer to the draft. You ready to get on with this already? Man, this thing has been analyzed and hyped. And we know where the top picks are headed, at least the top two. People might be able to think they can guess the top three. The Niners are trying to play the cards close to the vest. But set aside the picks. Who do you have the most confidence when we look back at this draft? You get five or six years down the line. Who do you have the most confidence in actually delivering on the potential that's promised by one of these uh, first few picks? Uh, you know, so much of that comes down to where they go, I-, I think. So on the front end, it's a little difficult to say anybody other than Trevor Lawrence, right? Because, you know, we know he's going number one. We know that, honestly, that the Jaguars don't have a, a really bad roster in terms of teams that you're used to seeing picking number one. Obviously, they haven't had a whole lot of team success uh, since losing that AFC title game. But this roster is really not, not that bad. So I, I think that the fact that the Jags are going to take him at one, they've got an additional first-round pick, They've got multiple second-round picks. They've got a chance to, to really build around Trevor Lawrence very quickly and be successful. So, I mean, you know, that's the easy answer because we actually know where he's going to end up. But I think if I were to, to, to bank on a player, no matter where he lands, I still don't understand the, the, the idea that Justin Fields is going to fall out of the top five, maybe even out of the top ten. That's preposterous to me in terms of my evaluation of him as a player. Um, obviously, Zach Wilson's probably going to go number two. I would take Justin Fields at number two with that without question. Um, so I, I think whoever ends up with Justin Fields, whether it's a team trading up to get him, New England from 15 maybe, maybe they jump up uh, ahead of Denver and Carolina and, at number seven with Detroit. But I think whatever team is lucky enough to land Justin Fields outside the top five, uh, if that happens to, uh, to take place, I think that's what we'll look back on similar to the fact that, you know, when when the Bears traded up for Trubisky and left Watson and Mahomes on the board, I think it'll be that similar kind of move, especially if we see Mac Jones go ahead of Justin Fields. So obviously then you're at odds with what the Jets are expected to do in that you believe that Fields is going to be better than Wilson. Why is that? I see a guy who is way more consistent on film. Uh, I think I see a guy who – is bigger, more physical in the pocket, and, and can can handle um, you know the, the the rigors of an NFL game and handling a pass rush. Obviously, you know the one of the biggest reasons Sam Darnold didn't succeed in, in New York was you know his supporting cast wasn't that great, and particularly along the offensive line. So with a guy like Zach Wilson, if you're putting him behind that same offensive line, I don't know how well that's going to go. And I think when you compare the the, the highs on on Zach Wilson's film are great. If you make a highlight reel of Zach Wilson, he looks like a potential number two overall pick. But if you make a low-light film, you'll wonder why he's being drafted at all. So I think that's where it comes into with me. The, the consistency is just not there. Obviously, the flashes are incredible, and I blame Patrick Mahomes. You, know, you, get, you have a guy like Wilson who can make some of those Mahomes-like throws, especially when he escapes the pocket and he can sling the ball, change arm angles and do all these fun things, and that's exciting. But Mahomes is great because he also takes the layups. He can hit the layups. He can be consistent with his accuracy. And I feel like Zach Wilson just didn't do that enough for me on film. And, again, usually his team was the best team on the field, if not always last year. And the fact that he was still inconsistent and not able to be 
dominant on a consistent level against lower-level competition, that gives me concerns. And then you contrast that with what Justin Fields was able to do against some of the top competition, particularly that performance against Clemson while playing injured. I just don't understand why that's a conversation. So if you're one of the quarterbacks the Jets pass on, should you be happy about that because they don't have enough around you to make anybody successful, no matter who they pick? Or do you think with a new coaching staff, new regime, uh, the talent's going to get upgraded and whoever it is, probably Zach Wilson, but whoever it is is going to be dealt a better hand than Sam Darnold was? Yeah, I do think there is some some hope to be had there. I don't know if I would call it confidence because we haven't seen that team on the field yet, but I think they made a great hire with with Robert Sala. I think that, you know, Joe Douglas probably can't do any worse than, than the management that's been uh, in charge in New York for the last few regimes. Um, but, yeah, I think if – and even if you look at the way they attack free agency, they signed some really quality players, particularly on defense, um, to, to really help that side of the ball. So I do think that there's some hope there that the Jets have kind of turned a corner, turned over a new leaf, and are – willing to build a winner around whatever quarterback they take it to. But it wouldn't surprise me. You know, like I said, it's all about where you land. So I think, obviously, on draft weekend, every player wants to go as high as possible. Financially, obviously, that's helpful as well. But at the end of the day, especially a quarterback, it's so important to go to a team that, you know, is going to build around you and your skill set and make you successful. So, you know, going two or five or ten matters a lot less down the road if you end up in the right place that allows you to live up to your full potential. All right, there you go. Some NFL draft talk from DJ and PK. They, that was Luke Easterling of NFL Draft Wire. It, it seems uh, Justin Fields is the one who's kind of all over the place, right? He and uh, Mac Jones. Which, which I, I don't understand why people are not big on Justin Fields. And I'm no NFL evaluator, but I look at him and go, I would, I, and people aren't going to like this, I'd probably take him over Zach Wilson. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know enough to really solidify that take, and I know you qualified yours with uh, with that as well. The one thing Fields has going for him, but this I can't determine what it, what it actually means, yet it comes up every time we talk about the draft. He did it against some really good defenses. The competition that he succeeded against was better than Zach Wilson. 100%. Was better than Trey Lance. Absolutely, yeah. So, but Brian Lance might have been better than Zach Wilson. Yeah, let's let's not Jake. Let's not quite go that far, um, Jake. But how much does that matter? I think it matters big time. I do, but I'm not an NFL GM. Um, wait, I don't wait, think. But, that, but, but what about uh, God? Why am I why am I going blank right now? Bills quarterback. What do Wyoming? Allen, Jared Allen, Co- uh, uh, Jared Josh Allen, Allen. Josh Allen, Josh, yeah. Jared Allen, Jared Josh Allen, Allen. Huh, that retired. No, no, that's not a Josh Allen. Uh, well, that's, that's he a didn't really even question. he didn't even play that well against Wyoming's competition. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good. He just had all these other NFL measurables, and that we talked about this when Zach Wilson was get, or excuse me, when Jordan Love was getting NFL eyes at his games in his final year at Utah State, and he was not doing well. And every NFL person up there was telling everybody, "No, no, no, yeah, we're not fine. worried. We saw what we need to see. It's all good." So. And like I said, I'm not an NFL GM, but I'd take Justin Fields based on he's had harder a harder row to row to hoe than Zach Wilson, and he succeeded at it. Right, but I don't know how much I mean, that that's 100 percent true. But does it translate? But, but does it translate? I don't know because we've seen it also not translate. Right, 
where quarterbacks yeah. played against really good competition, including, Russell. including other Ohio State quarterbacks. True. Oh, there's a bevy of them. Right. And so... it's a good point, I Cardell mean, Jones. It's it's hard because you you would think that that would really matter, right? Well, he had big games against really difficult teams, and that should matter, but hasn't always. You know, but T. Martin wins the national championship. Peyton Manning couldn't, but who was the better NFL quarterback? Who was the Ohio State quarterback that uh, was involved in Tattoo Gate and then had to be a receiver in the NFL? Oh, right, right, right. Um, played what for was the his Dolphins. Name? Uh, for for some reason, I'm seeing two T's come up in my mind. But anyway. But, you know, Haskins, right? Uh, I mean, it's it's just never I, – I don't know how much that really means to make the evaluation. I mean, why doesn't Fields go ahead of Lawrence then? Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor, that's right. Why doesn't Fields go ahead of, uh, of Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence made a living off terrible ACC defenses. Yep. He sure did. I'm an ACC fan. You should see some of the defenses in that league. Woof. Doesn't uh, doesn't even sum it up accurately. And yet he's the no-brainer. No-brainer. Nobody. The, Urban Meyer didn't even go to Zach Wilson's pro day. Did he even get, did Trevor Lawrence have a pro day? I don't know. It's not really I mean, necessary. That's how, that's how sure it is. So, and then, the, you know, there's the measurables in the throws. Can he make the throws? And apparently... At least the Jets are convinced uh, that he's able to make those throws. want to remind you about our friends at Minky Couture. Uh, Mother's Day is May 9th. Coming up quick, get the best blanket ever that is also the best gift for Mother's Day. Sandy and her staff are doing it again for our listeners, helping you get it right for Mother's Day. Get 50% off right now when you mention Zone 50 at a store near you or online at MinkyCouture.com. Promo code Zone 50. Minky Couture for Mother's Day. That's Minky Couture. And uh, listen, as somebody who's terrible at getting gifts and has used Minky multiple times, it's uh, uh, you're winning. You don't have to worry about it. You're winning Mother's Day. Make it happen. Minky Couture. Uh, market update coming up next. Uh, Dennis Dodd at 4. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. should podcast our break discussion. No, we, we shouldn't. We, we really solve the world's problems <laughs> <laughs> each and every break on this show. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a market update brought to you by our friends at TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Go to TridayTrading.com. Today, the Dow Jones down 165 points. You know what? We're looking like idiots here. <laughs> yes. Kevin Graham edition. S&P 500 down four points. That's bunk. And the NASDAQ down 39 points. It sucks, 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 sucks. My favorite part of that one is where he hits the mic at the end. <laughs> what was he yeah, He was like about? He was animated with his hands as yeah. he's saying the sucks, 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 sucks. Oh, he hit it by accident? He hit it I by thought accident. he was like shoving it away. No, he hit it by accident. Do you remember what he was mad about? Oh, it had to be the Jets. <laughs> It sucks, 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 sucks. I, that might be my favorite bite ever. Actually, honestly, I think 
He might have been talking about the mountain, if memory the, serves. Like now that was t- that was a network? long time ago, like the television network. Yeah. You get that mad about that? Oh, Austin, I don't think you know what a hot topic the mountain network was back in the day. Maybe not. It was one of those things where you spent like the whole show taking phone calls from irate people. I mean, honestly, it was really the reason for it was it, it, we're now used to kind of the song and dance to get the programming we want television wise. And, you know, streaming's the thing and cutting the cord. And we're used to jumping through all these hoops. This it was not the case when the mountain was first uh, born where you had, you know, limited options and the mountain wasn't carried on any of them. And if you were lucky enough to get the network, the the quality of the broadcast was so low that you could barely tell what was going on. I remember the, the quality of the broadcast not being great. I also remember that they got a lot of their equipment from a Russian surplus sale. Is that true? Uh-huh. I had never heard of that. Uh, and so that was it the equipment was not me. great and the broadcast was not great. And I remember all that, but I didn't. I, you're right. I did not know that it was such a hot topic. Well, and the problem was they just had so many games on the network. Now with the the Pac-12 network, right, you, the games that are actually on the Pac-12 network, you don't care that much about anyway if it's not, you know, I guess, I suppose, your team playing. But they played the Mountain the Mountain West at the time had like one game a week on CBS Sports Network, and then everything else was on the Mountain Network. Yeah, the, the Utah-BYU game every year. Every year was on the Mountain Network. Yeah, it was. It, it was Thanks, James Bates. It was something. I, you know what I like, James. They had Todd Christensen do games, who I thought was really good. I, I still like Sammy Langbaugh. I'm still her Facebook friend. She seems like she's doing well out there. But, uh, I mean, I, I, let me let me put it this way: the commentators were the were were the least of the problem. Yeah, back uh, in the old Mountain Network. Yeah, uh, but uh, when the camera isn't focused on the field. The commentator needs to tell you what's happening. But but honestly, that's true. Hon- honestly, you have no idea what a hot sports radio topic that was. Apparently not. Yeah, because, I mean, it uh, was. It sucks, sucks, <laughs> sucks, sucks, sucks. I'm pretty sure that's what that was about. All right. Maybe you feel that way about uh, your your performance in the bedroom. Huh? How about that for a transition? Joining us now, Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. If you're. Uh, performance has sucked lately. Uh, maybe you need to consider a new option. What's up, Andrew? Yes. Hey, guys. That's right. If the performance in the bedroom is not what it's supposed to be, probably most ED is a blood flow issue and it's damaged blood vessels. Uh, our acoustic wave therapy, actually two types now at Wasatch Medical, it uh, repairs damaged blood vessels. What's interesting about all of the science behind this is a lot of these recent clinical studies, you know, everybody's skeptical at first, but they've gone in, they've tested this technology on men with erectile dysfunction. The Cambridge study intentionally tested men that were no longer even responding to meds. That's probably pretty severe cases. Um, Maybe it's older gentlemen or guys with a lot of health conditions, and the success rate was through the roof, totally safe. It uh, increased blood flow significantly, reversed the ED, so this can work. I think it's the new standard. Uh, If you're out there frustrated in the bedroom, the pills uh, are probably not doing it for you. They're causing side effects, and here at Wasatch Medical, we've helped so many guys turn back the clock. So I'm guessing here that you guys are not all that popular with the pharmaceutical companies because this sounds way better. (laughs) 
Right, right. We we probably are. Yeah, I've never even thought about it. They probably don't like me very much. No. <laughs> um, because, you know, that's a profitable deal. How many pills have been sold in the last 30 years? My right. goodness. And they are, uh, are and were very expensive. And we're seeing guys get off of that. They really just want natural function. 801-901-8000. That's the number to call. Get on the schedule and find out if you can get back to natural function, right? Yeah, a lot of value uh, in this. And by the way, you can come in and take some free and not do the treatments if you'd like. But the assessment and the exam is free. You'll meet with an MD. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound. That's pretty cool. You get the gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. And now uh, it's 300 bucks off, too. So we're running that. Uh, give us a call, uh, you know, for all of that, no charge, of course. All right. Great deals going on, right? 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. Dennis Dodd of CBSSports.com joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.